In days gone by, the notion of gender was rigid. There were two, male and female, and it was almost unheard of to identify outside of that. Those who did feel differently usually had to express that in another way, or even not at all. That's now changing. A growing number of people, particularly among the young, self-identify as non-binary, that is, neither male nor female. One of our Kickstarters, Kat Heathcote, is one of them. And on this episode of Walking the Walk, they tell me, Dominic Laurie, what being non-binary means for them. So Kat, thank you very much for, for joining us on Walking the Walk. You're the winner of a prize. You're, you're, you're a first at Talk Talk. We posted something on the LinkedIn the other day. You were the subject of the first non-binary post at Talk Talk, <laughs> <laughs> which was great. It's a good, it was a good thing for us because I'm a big believer that companies can make a difference, and companies can, by the way we communicate, can show progressive. You know, we can show that we are progressive, and that in perhaps how society is changing. Yeah, so well done. <laughs> Thank you. No, absolutely, it's an honour. Tell me about yourself, where, where where it all began, and and you're. you're you're one of our Kickstarters. Fantastic. Tell us about tell us about what you're doing and you know how you how you came to us. Well, I lost my job because of the pandemic, so I wasn't I wasn't in a really good place, and um, I was having a lot of trouble uh, finding a job. And then uh, through um, the job center and and Universal Credit, I found I got told about Talk Talk, and I applied, not really thinking anything of it, just because I just needed money and I was applying to everything and <laughs> fair enough I, I, yeah I'm incredibly lucky that I got the job and that I love it well we're lucky to have you we're lucky to have you Cal so you know it works <laughs> oh, both ways you. but um, I'm currently in internal comms which is basically involves creating content to send out to the rest of the company to communicate yeah and it's an important job you know we're you know we're in the you know we've we've had covid you know it's it's you know communicating to our workforce really important aspect of what we're doing at the moment so you're seeing quite a lot of interesting stuff aren't you yeah absolutely it's a lot of fun it feel like you hear about everything like you, you, you know everything that's going on if you like gossip you'll love internal comms <laughs> that is a job advert that's ready made for anybody that wants to come into internal comms i'll tell your boss about that that's fantastic <laughs> um so you what you you're non-binary. I know we've spoken about this. What does that mean? What What does that mean for you? And and sort of growing up, you know, you you told me that you knew you were. We can call it different or not different. You you know you you were a, you know you were yourself. Tell tell me about your childhood when you started realizing and your own identity. Yeah. Um. Well, I I came out as gay when I was like thirteen. Which I know sounds very young to a lot of people, but it really wasn't hard for me to figure out that I liked girls. So it was very easy to go from there. And then I think as I was meeting more gay people, both online and in person, I realized that the way I felt was different for everybody else. Because I think at first I thought, oh, like I feel different. It must just be a gay thing. But eventually I realized that there was more nuance to it and I was feeling things like dysphoria and stuff like that and then I think around the time I was 16 I kind of realized that oh like I think I'm non-binary but I didn't really start outwardly being able to present as who I felt I was until I got to university and I just kind of had like a reinvention moment and then from there I it was pretty 
I've not looked back since, really. <laughs> For someone that hasn't, um, you know, hasn't met a non-binary person that isn't really familiar with that, tell us sort of, it started clearly with a feeling and it, and it turns into something a bit broader, but t- tell us about what it means to you. Well, it's kind of complicated. I think non-binary is an umbrella term in a lot of ways. Everybody experiences it differently. But for me personally, I I just knew that I didn't feel like any of my friends that were girls, but I also didn't feel like a boy either. I didn't feel like I fit into one of the two. And I felt... Was that, was that stressful, particularly when you're young, when you're, when you're in your teenager finding out about the world? It's not great, <laughs> but looking back, I don't really remember it being particularly stressful. I was very lucky to be surrounded by a lot of people who just really supported me and didn't really mind or care, um, just accepted me for who I was. And I was very much just given a space where I was able to do whatever I wanted and be whoever I wanted. And that took a lot of the pressure off. But and maybe they weren't putting labels on you, maybe. Yeah, as well. exactly. Uh, but feeling different is is very overwhelming and scary and I think especially when you're really young and you're trying to figure out who you are anyway uh, throwing that into the mix is it is really difficult but it's it's not the end of the world yeah I mean clearly wasn't because you're here talking to me now with a big smile on your face yeah Um, (laughs) true (laughs) so tell me about that journey then so tell me you know because when you do meet um people who share concerns share identity it can become quite liberating is that when things started to get better for you when you started to meet other people that had similar self-identity to you yes I think so I mean I was very lucky in the fact that when I was in high school half of my group of friends ended up coming out as gay further down the line anyway so I was like okay well we've found each other by accident but I love that (laughs) and then um being uni I just I'm being in London as well because I'm from Manchester but I went to London for um the university you meet so many different people from all different kind of walks of life I knew what being non-binary was and I knew that that's what I was but I don't think I'd really really known anybody else properly who was and I think meeting other trans people um at uni and like being able to have frank discussions about gender with people that actually understood it did help me feel very validated and very comfortable in who I was for sure and I think it, it is definitely a learning curve or at least I felt like it was for me for instance I didn't know if I was more aligned with like femininity or masculinity or if I felt both or neither and now I feel very comfortable that I'm just kind of firmly in the middle and I am kind of both and neither gender at the same time it's quite cool best of both worlds maybe is what we can say (laughs) yeah very true very true what does that mean to you on a day-to-day basis so there's that kind of inner core of you and that you feel very emotionally strongly to your identity. There are practicalities, aren't there? And when, you're, when you've got an identity that is quite new in terms of modern society, day-to-day has some challenges, I imagine, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. It is hard. You know, I get misgendered every single day. I think we, we are brought up in a society where we're just conditioned to believe that they're is either male or female and there is just still education that needs to be 
that needs to be given. And I think for a lot of people, it, when I get misgendered, it's not because, it's not because of anything other than just ignorance in the way that we've been raised in society. And they're not trying to be cruel to you. Yeah, exactly. Um, it just kind of happens. And, you know, I think in my head to kind of be all right with that, I just kind of like really just try and make my peace with the fact that the world just does have a really long way to come. But in that respect, that's why I want to do things like this podcast and also make myself present in environments so that people will have a better understanding for other non-binary people that they meet in the future. So in terms of how you would then present to the outside world, how people can start picking up signals that the person they're talking to is non-binary, what is that sort of shared language that says, okay, yeah, I, I recognize that I need to be thinking differently about some people I meet? It's kind of a difficult one because I think so many people are non-binary, but they don't particularly look androgynous or anything. It's just how they feel on the inside and like that outward like presentation, you know, doesn't necessarily have to like it isn't a visual description. It's not a non-binary is not a visual a visual description of, of somebody. Yeah, exactly. That would be a simplification or just wrong. Yeah, exactly. So when you see someone, you might not be able to tell that they're non-binary. And it's more just being willing to come into a situation and be like basically just don't assume gender off the bat, like by someone's the way someone looks or like their voice or the way they talk or the way they dress. And just I think a lot of people are very comfortable being like, oh, what are your preferred pronouns? And like slipping it in without obviously making a scene or like putting somebody on a spot. It's kind of a fine line, but I think as long as you're respectful, it doesn't really matter. Just as long as you don't assume gender off the bat and you're able to, you know, you don't have to misgender somebody in order to figure it, figure it out. There were clearly, and there have clearly been, very many gay people in history through the ages that weren't able to come out. Now we're in a more tolerant society and meeting a gay person is extremely common. Do you think that there have always been many non-binary people and it is only now that we start to facilitate the openness in society that, you know, that, that they can play a role? I would believe so. I think Gender has been a really strange one throughout history and it's really difficult for us in the modern age to be able to tell because that kind of language didn't exist. You know, even the word transgender is an incredibly new word in terms of the way that we're able to describe people. And I think being non-binary has always existed. For instance, if you look at lesbian history, there's it's so difficult to understand the way that gender operated in that sphere because so many people just it wasn't necessarily that they didn't want to be a girl it was just that if they wanted to date women kind of publicly they couldn't present as a female just out of safety and I think when understanding queer history it is important to acknowledge the fact that you know people did get killed for being different it hasn't always been you know, safe to be who you want to be. So I do believe that there has always been non-binary people and there will have been people throughout history that felt non-binary, but just either couldn't do anything about it or did 
but just didn't have the words to be able to communicate that in by today's standards. I believe companies have a role in normalizing new things in society and tolerance and openness. What do you look for in companies, not just employers, but also as a consumer? What do you look for in companies to make yourself feel more accepted? Well, I think, you know, as it's Pride Month, I think there is a lot of um, discourse online about the ways that companies will just change their icon to a little Pride logo throughout June and then just change it back for the rest of the year. And I think for me, it's important. I think it's called rainbow washing, isn't yeah. it, Kat? <laughs> I couldn't think of the word, but yeah, that's, it's <laughs> rainbow washing. And I, I don't like to feel like somewhere's rainbow washing. So in terms of my own personal consumerism, I like to be aware that there are companies that do things for queer people throughout the year and constantly and consistently rather than just in Pride Month. I know that when I applied for university, it was very important for me that there was an LGBT society because even if I wasn't a part of it or I didn't go to the events, just knowing that there is a that there is a community there that can support me if I need it. And I think it is important for companies maybe to just have that kind of community that if somebody just did want to reach out to just anybody else that kind of understood what they were going through, that that is there for them. And I think you will spot this more than me, which is that I'm pretty sure that when I do the drop down menus on almost anything I'm applying for, whether it's a car insurance or council tax or whatever, Mr. Mrs. Ms. Miss. Yeah. It's those four by far the most common. Yeah. So I guess you're you're looking for oh, that's interesting. That company's given me a fifth choice. Yeah, that's kind of in the same respect of getting misgendered every day. It's like <laughs> most places are it's just like, are you female or are you male? And of course a lot of places have now added prefer not to say. But in my mind, I'm like, it's not necessarily that I don't prefer to say. It's just that it's not male or female, so I have no other option. But I do. What do you do? Do you, do you rotate through the options? Sort of. <laughs> how do you, you sort of do one one week or another one week, or you you call them up and try and change it manually? What do you What do you do? I'm just truly just lucky dip. Just close my eyes lucky and press dip. one. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. But I think I think a lot of that does also come from the fact that you know at the end of the day being non-binary isn't legally recognized within the UK and the government has stated that it has no plans um to make it a legally recognized gender anytime soon so especially in terms of things you need to like forms you need to fill out for the government and official documents you can't have anything other than male or female on those documents you can't there isn't another gender to select and it's quite difficult and the passport, the most important document of all, that must therefore be pretty frustrating to you because that really is, you know, that's the kind of pyramid of who you are to a certain extent when it comes to bureaucracy. So you'd, you'd be looking for that option at some stage. Yeah, absolutely. But also that in itself is scary as well, because I think um, in the UK we have it quite good in terms of equality. It's not the best, but it's definitely uh, one of the countries that is more accepting of um, people's gender and sexuality but having non-binary on a passport was an option I would be worried about traveling and exposing myself like that in countries where it's not okay and I think that is another like problem is like it would be super lovely to have it as an option 
on a passport but there's just so much of the world where like I know that I could either be murdered or arrested for who I am and it is a tough one I feel like it's constantly a balance of like choosing to tell or not tell people because of safety but also just like being outwardly yourself and being and exposing who you are in such in uh, such a kind of an intimate way the journey is just starting then isn't it yeah absolutely (laughs) there's a long way a long long way to go but hopefully in my lifetime i'll be able to see some kind of change i think it would be nice for me to know that any future generations of people who feel the same way i do have access to support that I didn't have. And you can see that already in terms of Gen Z and the kind of conversations that are happening in schools around sexuality and gender. They definitely weren't there when I was in school. And a lot of people say schools are becoming a much more accepting environment and there is a lot more in place in regard to homophobic and transphobic bullying that students can access. And we're doing this podcast. Exactly. (laughs) And it's been a real pleasure, Kat. Thank you very, very much. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. That's all for today. If you like the podcast, please subscribe in your podcast app. And if you have time, give us a review. If you have a suggestion or question, get in touch on Twitter at TalkTalkGroup. You can follow us there or also on LinkedIn. Thanks a lot for listening.